very special episode of Cinema Cult as we record from my car in Canada. Whoa. Because yeah, we are still in Canada. Well, they didn't know we were in Canada. There's windmills Guys, all around us. <laughs> they didn't know us. There was no precursor that they knew we were in Canada. Well, we went to Canada. We're still in Canada. We're on our way home from Canada. Because we went to the Toronto International Film Festival. TIFF. TIFF. Um, something Hans has been wanting to do for a few years, and he invited me and Matt to tag along this year. Yes. Um, it was definitely, we have talked about this already offline, but this was definitely a learning experience. Oh, you no, know, we just wanted to record on our way home. That's why if it sounds a little rough, it's because we're in a car right now. Yeah. But we had a lot we wanted to talk about. We wanted to get off our minds before we forgot while it was fresh. Uh, Matt, you had something? No, we definitely had, like, experienced something. I feel like it's our first time to this whole theme park. We upgraded our, uh, our uh, movie-going experience. Yes. Because, we, you know, we're used to seeing going at uh, Whorehound every year. And now we're in the big leagues. Big League 2? Yeah, big league shit. Thanks yeah, for jumping in. Yeah, thanks for saying stuff, Otto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, there's, like, legit directors and actors attending. And A-listers. Doing... Yeah, A-listers. If, like, what Whorehound is most of the time is B-listers, these are the A-listers. Or people that just kind of stopped doing movies in general. Just It was kind of like a one-off thing. Yeah. But these people are, you know, like, who do we see there? We, who do you run into? In well, actually, restaurant? before we get into this, I do want to explain, if you don't know what it is, um... Basically, it's an annual film festival in Toronto. Um, a lot of world premieres. Yeah. Um, we saw, we ended up seeing three movies, and two of them were world premieres. No, um, all three. Uh, no, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, and that's basically it. The stars show up. Tickets are roughly, um, they vary, but it seemed like a majority of the tickets were what, like maybe they 22, are, 23 bucks? We paid between 18 to 25 US dollars. Yeah. But... We saw tickets go up to like eighty, eighty dollars uh, US. There were some showings. I saw one for one hundred and seven. But that was Canadian, that. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, but let's talk about too. What? Okay. What movies? We we came to TIFF with the intention to see Halloween. Yes. We found out how. Well, we were coming to TIFF anyways. We just found out Halloween was going to be here. So that was on our main priority list was to go see the world premiere of Halloween. And at these world premieres, of course, all the celebrities show up that are in the movies. Um, we did not get to go see Halloween. No, we tried uh, our best to get tickets. Yeah. But it's just, it was like probably, I feel like the most popular movie everyone wanted to see there. Yes. Um, because, okay, so the way it kind of played out was tickets went on sale on the 2nd of September. Um, they sold out apparently within like the first like... 15 minutes to first half hour and and we, we tried to get tickets at the theater before the showing yeah so, so you can't that just they they have uh, <laughs> almost like a consolation uh if you want to try and get tickets you can wait in the line for like a few hours which is called the rush line the rush line but uh chances are slim to none yeah and the, now the rush line is basically like what tickets are left over that people didn't want right before the show yeah we went to the rush line for this movie and there was 200 people in line which I'm pretty sure there wasn't 200 extra tickets no, so once no. we saw this rush line we turned around and went and ate uh, poutine poutine <laughs> dude yeah okay so poutine was the food of choice this entire trip oh yeah um, basically poutine I don't have like a, like a Webster's dictionary to that definition of it fries it's, it's fries um, beef and like gravy 
What I was and cheese. I don't know. Yeah, I what don't. I was getting is basically like chili cheese fries, but like all the concoctions you can get out of like meat and cheese on top of fries. Yeah. So it was like either bacon or like beef or ham on top of like fries covered with cheese. It's amazing. So it well, awesome. well, hundreds of people were enjoying the the world premiere of Halloween. We ate poutine. Yeah, and that's how, that's how we ended our trip, because we were so bummed we didn't get to see the movie. We were getting ready to leave. It was like 12.30 in the morning or something. So we're getting ready to go back and crash for the night, and we found this poutine place where it had like, I don't know, 10 to 15 different poutines. And Open until 4 o'clock in the morning. And it was amazing. It was the best it's way. Does anybody remember the name of it? Uh, Smokes Poutinery. Smokes Poutinery. If you were in that area and you find that place, go there, because that was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, good, get back to the movies, though. So we saw three movies. Uh, this place was packed. So everything we saw was a packed, sold-out theater. Uh, the first movie we saw was actually the movie that opened up the festival called Outlaw King. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Uh, starring Chris Pine. And it's going to be actually released in November on its Netflix original. Yeah, I think it's like mid-November. They're releasing it on Netflix. Yeah, and... We won't really give spoilers away on this because we know some of these movies won't come out for a few months, and that's not fair anyway. Um, but we will kind of discuss what we thought. Uh, this movie itself, um, I've never seen. Uh, now it's, it's a it's a period. That's that's like and the movie's about Robert the Bruce. Uh, what you don't know is a Scottish warrior, and he actually fought alongside William Wallace, yes. which is from Braveheart frame fame. Um, so this is a period piece movie. So, this is kind of a weird one for us to go see first, because we're not, like... Yeah, we don't really cover medieval period uh, piece movies on the podcast. I don't think we've ever done... Have we ever done a period piece movie on the podcast? Um, uh, Purple Rain? Uh, Ridiculous <laughs> Six. Oh, my God. There you go. But no, ne- I, another Netflix Another original. Netflix original. <laughs> I don't really like... Um, I'm going to say time pieces, but that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, period um, pieces. Period pieces. Um, they just don't really click with me. I um, dig them. It just, yeah. I, I mean, I dig them. So basically, the plot of this movie was, and I, I'll just simplify it the best I can. But uh, Chris Pine is this king that everybody's after. Um, that's pretty much the entire thing. It's well, no, it's to... basically, <laughs> yeah, great, great Webster's dictionary. Uh, Wikipedia. Okay, pull out your dictionary w- and look up Wikipedia summary on. The, the overall history. All right, give me your five-minute summary. Mr. Pine, can you tell us what your movie was about? Yeah, the yeah I'm a king, and everybody's after me next. I'm an outlaw, and I'm, I just happen to be a king. Uh, come <laughs> chase me. Yeah, pretty much. Go ahead. What's your definition? So, summary? you know, England has completely taken over all of the lands in Europe, like, basically a complete takeover of, like, Scotland and England, you know. Uh, and they... <laughs> what? We're just we're butchering this. No. What's your dictionary then? I already said it. I said it was about Robert the Bruce who fought alongside William Wallace. Yeah, but it says of Braveheart fame. If you don't know it, that doesn't mean anything to you. But like the, they basically have a bunch of Scot- Scottish lords that are paying taxes to the king of England, and Robert the Bruce basically uh, decides that you know they need to take control of the lands, and uh, in the process becomes an outlaw. And everybody's out to get this outlaw. <laughs> the, be- the best way to describe this movie, it's kind of like if the movie Smoking Aces took place in the year 1300. What? Yeah. What? Yeah, it's kind of like Smoking Aces, but... Wow. No, was it? No, not at all. So if you like Smoking Aces, you're going to love this movie. No. Wow. Okay, 
it's kind of like SWAT because everybody's after this one guy. One one million dollars to get the Outlaw King. Yeah. So like, if you like SWAT or Smoking Aces, you're gonna love this movie. Wow, wow. Uh, Matt, what do you what would you compare it to? It's basically just a story of Robin Hood. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That sounds correct. <laughs> that sounds um, way more accurate. What did you guys think of this movie? It was honestly, it was the best movie we saw at the it festival. Was, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, there I was some. I thought there were some good, uh, like definitely the cinematography was pretty, pretty great. Yeah, it was entertaining. Uh, the battle sequences were pretty, pretty awesome. Uh, like well shot and everything. It's just that the pacing was a little off. That first hour is very rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, it ends. It's an epic ending, and it really picks up, but. I was. I, mean, I wouldn't have walked out. But no. If I had I been watching that like on Netflix, I probably would have turned it off at the beginning. So. Yeah. But um, I would say my one sentence summary of this movie: Go see a Knight's Tale instead. What? What? So <laughs> go see Smoking Aces instead. Well, yeah, watch <laughs> the second one. Watch Smoking Aces too. It has guns and explosions. <laughs> my thing was I told Ha to this right after uh, we came out of the theater. I was like, okay. Going in there to see a period piece movie, um, it's exactly how I thought the story was going to be told to me. Okay. And because of that, I was a little disappointed. Like, it didn't really change the game. It wasn't as, like, anything different. And the entire time, all I kept thinking about was Braveheart. Yeah. And how... Yeah, because William Wallace is actually... They have, like, a different portrayal of William Wallace in the movie. Yeah. I just kept... I was like, man, Braveheart. Braveheart. And I was like... And it wasn't that I was saying that... It was trying to be like Braveheart. It was just like that idea of Braveheart was there, and I was like, okay, this isn't too far off from Braveheart. Yeah. And like it wasn't just told. It wasn't told anyway. Like yeah, it, it's basically just the Scots basically like uh, fighting for control again, fighting for freedom. And that's what's rough about historical biopics is I there's just... nothing. There's no real great unique way to tell these stories. You just have to tell them like. How they how they were how history played out, so it I don't know this kind of falls on the director a little bit as storyteller. And it sucks because like the I actually listed one of his movies in uh, one of the best of lists that we did for Cinemacle. Uh He did directed Hell or High Water just a couple years ago with oh, Chris yeah, Pine and yeah. Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges, which was an awesome movie. No, it's great. Yeah, like you know I think like this movie kind of suffered from the writing, like the screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I thought it was, like, all right. I thought the best part was probably, uh, I think Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's, uh, the secondary, uh, lead okay. in this movie. He's known for playing Kick-Ass, the titular character. That was him? Yeah. I had no idea that and was he's, him. He's, uh, Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. He played, uh... Who's he married to? In real life, or... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. And then he played uh, Brian Cranston's son in God- the Godzilla make uh, movie from like a few years ago. Dude, I didn't know any of this. I did oh, not really? know that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes yeah. me like him even more. Yeah, yeah I he... thought he was definitely the best part, and he was just like wild. Well, we, movie. Well, we Chris all... Pine did a good job. Chris, yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris Pine, Pine did a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. But I just yeah. felt like Aaron Taylor Johnson kind of like stole the movie as like, oh, I want to see more of this guy. I agree. Yeah. Well, and that's what we talked about when we got out of the movie too. We wanted to see like. A real story about a medieval character, yeah. you know, where he's just going around like pillaging and like, like really giving it to the, the English. Yeah, and zero <laughs> cares. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we wanted to kind of see that aggressiveness and that reality 
and the, Robert the Bruce was the way, at least the way he was portrayed. He's a little too clean cut and a yeah. little too noble. Clean cut, uh, especially when you compare him to uh, William Wallace, like the way they portray him in the movie. Yeah, super clean cut. Uh, they did portray him like sort of a drunk, and they didn't really like show that at all throughout the movie. It was just kind of like he's drunk in the beginning. Yeah, and he wasn't for the rest. And of they the like movie. they keep mentioning in the beginning as well, like oh, like you gotta. Like, you're just drunk again, you know? There's no, like, uh, I guess, like, a scene where he had to, like, redeem himself. Like, I gotta clean up my act in order to become a king, you know? Yeah, I wanna kinda, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to see more of the barbarian yeah. side of these yeah. medieval movies. I have never seen a medieval movie where it's been, you know, the lead character is, like, you know, basically like a Genghis Khan type. Yeah. You know? Um, overall, so you, though, I would say overall, I feel like if you can get to that first hour, the payoff is good. Yeah, yeah. The bat- last battle scene is pretty badass. Yeah, um, and then here's a little fun fact: Robert the Bruce um, is actually where Bruce Wayne gets his name from, oh. his first name from. Yeah, you were talking about that. Yes, yeah. he gets uh, Bruce Wayne gets his name from Robert the Bruce and General Wayne, which is a Civil War general okay. or a Revolutionary War general. Okay. Um, so there you go. Just kind of a little fun so fact. So he's for super you. badass, Batman. Um, we'll see it in theaters. Let's go ahead and move to the second movie then. <laughs> uh, the second movie we saw was called, do you guys remember the name? Farming. 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 And it was directed by, what was his name? I got his name, uh, and forgive me if I pronounce this wrong. It's uh, Adewale Akinui Agabashi. Yeah, okay. And you're not, and honestly, it's a, it's a hard name to pronounce. Yeah. The people who an, like announced the movie oh, yeah, were having trouble announcing his name as well. But uh, you might. I, I'm sure he's used to it. Yeah. Uh, but if you've watched Lost, he plays Mr. Echo, and this is his first, uh, his, this is his directorial debut. He was also, I only knew him from The Mummy. Yeah, the he second Mummy. The Mummy Returns, uh, as one of the henchmen, and then he's also, uh, kind of the main focus of the first Jason Bourne movie, uh, The Bourne Identity. Oh, I forgot that was him, okay. Uh, he's, like, the president of, I think, like, one of the African countries. He gets assassinated. Okay. I saw those movies each one time. Yeah. I need to watch them again. Oh, no, I, I actually, I take it back. I saw them a second time. They're very forgettable movies. It's just the shaky cam. Well, they all blend together. Yeah. And I feel like there's, like, no dividing point between any, all three of those movies. They're they're pretty cool. The only dividing point is the third one. They're like, hey, by the way, you're a secret agent. Oh, I am? I, big surprise. Wow. Wow, I didn't, I didn't see that one coming. I knew, like, Kung Fu all of a sudden, and I like, knew all these things. I, didn't I thought I was going to be a teacher. Like, <laughs> I'm I not. You mean I thought I was going to be an international Kung Fu teacher. Wait a minute. I'm not a comic book artist? <laughs> Come on. Chris, uh, you want to say something about the Born Identity movies? <laughs> Please chime in. No, okay, so this movie was basically a true story about him. He's in the movie as well, but... It, directed but it. I say it's sort of like a another biopic but like a yeah it's another biopic. kind of like another retelling of like his upbringing in England yeah. I've never seen this before it's an auto biopic pretty much yeah yeah and it was starring the only name I knew other than him and it was Kate Beckinsale yeah, yeah. and basically the movie was a, a real life story about um, him who he's an african-american and he was in a uh, a group of skinheads back when he was in high well, school. Well, to bring it back a little bit, the the whole thing of the story is that there's a social experiment over in England where they... Uh, this is in the 60s, 70s, 80s? Yeah, it's like I think it takes place in the 60s and 70s. But basically, uh, 
it was like sort of a sort of a social experiment where they would uh yeah basically the whole thing with the farming is like in the 60s and 70s uh there was like a social experiment which they would call farming in which like nigerians would uh send their kids to foster families basically in the in england and i think it was just basically so they could get money is that right i think so yeah pretty much yeah because like so he gets into a family and kate beckinsale's his mom she's kind of like a terror and she has like what nine kids yeah, like that crazy. are all nigerian foster yeah um and he gets it, it yeah it, and all of a sudden he kind of gets like well it's tough because he has like a really tough upbringing yeah. from the family the dad's almost like non-existent even in the movie like they don't really show the dad at all Kate Beckinsale who plays the, the foster mom is basically uh, she's sort of just awful to her son which is the director like basically the director uh, I can't remember what his name is in the movie I can't either but um, I'll tell you what the guy who played him though yeah crushed it yeah I thought he did really yeah, he well did a good job uh, but it eventually leads, like, him getting in trouble in school. Uh, there's a group of skinheads that are kind of just hanging around the school all times. And one day when he's walking home, they kind of just, like, they they terrorize him. It's awful. The portrayal on screen is pretty bad. Uh, and we noticed kind of, like, throughout the movie that there were some, some walkouts from the audience. Lots of walkouts. And I, I think can, it was like I couldn't maybe, tell if maybe it was, was too intense for... I don't know if it was too intense, if it was a subject matter, or if it was just... The movie was a little... I'm going to already kind of get to the review of it. Yeah. The movie is a little too uh, literal. Yeah. It's very kind of like things happen, and it's like it's... It's very like there. It's, and I, But sometimes it almost seems like it's an exaggeration of what could have happened. Sure. I think actually I don't I was, know how much of it's true. Well, I was reading some I was reading some some reviews outside of the movie screening and podcast. Okay. That there are sort of like actual representations of the sort of skinhead culture. But you know, again, I don't really know too much. Yeah, about I don't it, but, I, I mean, you know how biopics can be as far as exaggeration but of seeing truth. the stuff that happened and then the way they're treating him because he eventually joins this 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 crew like the skinhead gang they sort of bring him in as like uh, they call him like basically their pet yeah their pet and you know he's kind of like psychologically drawn yeah like to go back to them you know it's a, like a form of abuse I guess but uh it was kind of a rough watch seeing that happen and um, would you rank this out of the three we saw where would you rank this at the lowest. Oh, really? Yeah. I would put this as second. I would put it as second. I think the problem is it's just like, for what was being shown to us, yeah. wasn't a f- as effective as it should have been. Sure. Actually, sorry, I changed it. I, I would rank it second. Yeah, I just feel that like... Why do you change? We'll get to the third movie. Okay. Like, the material's <laughs> really graphic. Yeah. But he, it's a first-time director, by I, the way. Yeah, I'll give him props for uh, telling his story. Yeah, on screen as his first movie, but it definitely like his uh, directorial debut definitely shows in the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. it yeah, does. I agree. Like the editing isn't quite there, uh, which I was wondering about too. With like with Toronto film or just film festivals in general. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah, the editing wasn't like fully there. 
and I okay this is what I was um, kind of saying about it was with movies going into festivals because TIFF is basically Canada's Sundance and cons cons cans Can. um, there were just, cans, just James cans, cans. <laughs> um, no, it's, so it's like I, now when movies go into festivals and they get premiere festivals I want to say they probably re-edit things or add new CGI or whatever. That was sharpen it. I mean, it's the first time in front of an audience. This is what we're coming to conclusion. Uh, we don't know if it's true or not, but after the third movie that we saw, we'll get to. But if they do like final revisions on movies before they like get a wider release outside of the festival. Yeah, and I wouldn't see why not. Like with the the Outlaw movie. I mean, at the time of this, we saw it. It was not going to come out for another what? Two uh, months. Almost two months. So you got time. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, and I think this movie definitely needs another re-edit and a, and a that, tighter story. I think because the editing needs to be a little bit tighter. It's and a little like, all over the place. It gets a little jarring with like the the time jumps that you know throughout the movie. Yeah, I think just the beginning needed to be tightened up. I thought the uh, the movie as a, as a whole was really good. Yeah, but that first maybe like, and I feel like this is my complaint about every movie is that third at first 30, 40 minutes need to be tightened up a little sure. bit. Sure. But overall, I thought the the story is insanely gripping. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that like he went through all this. Cause which is really? Yeah. I feel that's what I mean. Like I feel like it just it wasn't as effective as it should have been. Like it's a vi- like if this stuff is all true, like I feel like it should be more grabbing than it actually was. I don't doubt it's I don't doubt it's um, authenticity. Yeah, authenticity. And what makes it even more gripping is the entire time while we were watching it. In my head, I'm going, man, this guy is just like, you know, 30 rows in front of us, yeah. and he's telling us a story. Like, that's even more intense. Yeah, we should mention I, that the director and most of the cast, including Beck, uh, Kate Beckinsale, were in the theater with us watching this movie. Yeah, uh, which was yeah. really neat. Um, well, okay, but that's what I'm saying is that it, it felt at times a lot of the sequences were very drama dramatized. Sure. You know? Like well, where gotta, it's gotta, like you gotta dramatize everything. Yeah, any, any, it does. But any like, biopic that you watch is gonna be dramatized. I know, but like I, I, I'm trying to figure out a movie to compare it to, that where a certain lifestyle matches up with this. Yeah. Where well, that one's more effective than this one, and I think it's be, and once again, I think it's due to storytelling. Sure. And um, just yeah, it's just I don't know. It just felt over dramatized sometimes even I, though I think so I was I was honestly fine with the dude, there's a part where he throws a Molotov cocktail at a dude in a bar in a bar fight how many times like, have you been in a bar fight with Molotov cocktails I don't know I just feel like, you, I seem like you seem to know a lot about how they work yeah you well do. no this guy gets like completely show him Chris dude this guy gets completely <laughs> engulfed in flames what am I your boyfriend <laughs> get him Chris stand up for me <laughs> This guy gets completely engulfed in flames, and then they never say anything about it, like, later on in the story. And I was like, wait, what happened well, to that, dude? I think it was because, like, it was in the, the gang hideout or the skinhead hideout. Yeah. The cop mentions, like, there are the, I think it was his lawyer. His lawyer mentions that there weren't any witnesses. So it's like he kind of gets a slap on the wrist in a way. Yeah. You know, the guy was, like, literally just engulfed. Well, and I'll also say, too, his progression from... Uh, for lack of better terminology, like good bad guy to good guy, yeah, was really quick, and it was like, oh, and it basically looked like it, all he did was just read books, and he became a good guy, yeah, you know. So that's like that's what I mean by like that. Oh, like it was just dramatized real fast. Sure. All right. Basically, to sum up the movie, though, um, it was my two and my the ranking of the three movies we saw. Um, the story is very powerful. Uh, I'm trying to think overall, it was it was a good movie. It was just 
It just needed to be a little bit tighter. I think yeah, that's the I only problem. editing was kind of... Uh, and the writing, I think, too. Ed writing and editing, I think, just needed Performances to be Performances were on point. Yeah, I thought the performance was on point. I think it was just, like I said earlier, a little too dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, like, needs to be fleshed out more because it jumps around a lot to just kind of... It, it kind of figures... It's like the movie figures itself out without us, like going along the journey and figuring out with the character. Sure. And the ending kind of shows that a lot. But yeah, it's my second because I think it was it was definitely an interesting movie. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was just interesting. I was, it was definitely an interesting story. It was never boring. Yeah. And I feel like it definitely had something to say. I think that, but it needed to be a little bit more clear what it had to say. I, okay, yeah. I think uh, if you would have waited... Uh, a movie or two to do this, I think it would have been a little bit tighter. Oh, so you're saying don't start off with yeah. something so personal first. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's very personal, and it's like, so it's his biopic. Like, it's his name in the movie. Like, it's not even like something where it's like, this is based off my life, where we're going to hide the main character's name. Um, we're going to hide my name with the main character. You well, know what I mean? We actually did kind of hide it if we didn't know the director. At all. That's they, true. They yeah. kind of uh, in the not to spoil it, but like in the ending, kind of title title cards. Well, it, no, but it ends though with a montage of real footage of him getting his law degree. Yeah, basically. him getting his law degree. Yeah. So spoiler alert. Yeah, but I they, mean, if they, you didn't they, know, they, they reveal with the, the the nickname that he has that it's actually him, the director. They show in the title card. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, nice. and then they show the real footage. Of yeah, him. and actually discussing this. I might put this as my number one. Oh, wow. Um, or as close to. I'll stick with what I got. But thinking back on it, there were some pretty damn powerful scenes in that movie. Yeah. They, I, I felt like it was pretty intense at times. Yeah. But uh, moving on to the third movie, we saw um, a movie called Freaks. Is it with an S? Yes, Freaks. Freaks starring Emil Hirsch. Uh, who's the guy from the Burps? Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern. Uh, I got uh, Grace Park. She's from uh, Battlestar Galactica and Hawaii Five-0. And then, then there's, the, a, uh, there's a little girl that was kind of the main character. I, she, uh, oh, no, there was another actress, too. The girl from uh, oh, um, Final Destination 3. Uh, Amanda Crew. We Amanda watched Crew. Final Destination 3 on the way to Canada. Yeah, yeah. we did. We um, So we found out that... Yeah, side story. So on the way to Canada, we found out that in my car, you can play a movie on the, like, the touchscreen dash. <laughs> so... I happen to have the Final Destination four pack on. Well, me. what was our two movies that we were watching in the car? Oh, Juice. we watched we watched the first half of Juice, <laughs> and then like the first half of Final Destination three, um, while we were driving. <laughs> so whoever was driving was obviously paying attention. Yeah, the other oh, two, yeah, yeah, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. But the other two got to enjoy the Final Destination. Well, we, we kept talking about watching Final Destination. Destination Wait, what? Final <laughs> Destination two. We kept talking about watching it, but how terrifying it would be that we'd be on the highway yeah, and that logs. log scene. <laughs> we're like, yeah, maybe that's not the best one to watch. But um, um, so she was in it, and then there was uh, one of the main characters was a little girl. She was like the star actress. Yeah, she, she kills it. She was everybody, awesome. everybody acting wise in this one too. I feel like everybody did great performances. Yeah. And basically, if you don't know anything about this movie, it's really cool to walk into knowing nothing. Um, I feel like with trailers and stuff, it'll give away too much. And yeah. Some of the fun about the movie was having no idea what this was about. Yeah, we, and honestly, I was on board 
this was going to be my number one movie. Yeah. Within the first half hour. Yeah. It starts off pretty strong. It's played very, like, mystery box-esque. Yeah. You know? And it was cool because you didn't know what was going on, what everything was about. Everything was confined to the house and, like, everything was kind of given away mysteriously through dialogue. So just a belief. Uh, belief. A belief. A belief. I believe I can fly. <laughs> nice. Get there. Uh, just, a, <laughs> just a brief, uh, a brief summary of the plot is basically like Emil Hirsch plays a dad who lives with his daughter in this house, and it's very, very sheltered, and basically is like sort of training her with, um, uh, like, so a, he, like he's a train her. He keeps telling her the, like a story. He's basically like giving her a backstory. Of, yes. like, in case she has to deal with the outside world. And, like, all the windows are, like, um, taped, shut. taped up and everything so she can't see. And she really wants to go to the outside world, but he keeps telling her, you dangerous can't, people. it's dangerous. Yeah. So that's all you really need to know about this movie. Without going into the plot, because as it goes on, more and more things develop. Um, I guess we kind of have to spoil it, though, because yeah. we're going to talk about it. So Bruce, um, Bruce Stern plays an adult, uh, an adult version of the Ice Cream Man uh, with Clinton Howard. Yeah, that's a reference no one's going to get. Basically, to go into this movie, spoilers, so we're going to kind of ruin this movie. Um, We're not going to talk about the ending, but we'll just talk about what the main story is. It's basically um, X-Men, Yeah. but for like an indie release. It's like an indie X-Men. Yeah, and and that's where the problem hits. Because at a certain point in the movie, they leave the house, and it becomes very, like, action oriented as opposed to like dialogue heavy yeah and it's almost like a indie version of like a, a big blockbuster like x-men yeah basically yeah. if you would have called the movie mutants it would have been a one-off x-men spinoff and that's where that this is this is why this movie ranks for me number three yeah i kind of just because it gets kind of corny with the special effects yeah. and the action and all of a sudden the story is not believable it really sucks. It really takes a turn. It does. Because it's very like, oh man, this is kind of cool. I don't know what's going on within the, in the first half hour. The first half an hour is very... Um, Mysterious. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. Sure, confined yeah. in this house. And you're like, I don't know what's going on on the outside. I want to watch this develop. And then, like you said, it takes like a hard, like, okay, now it's a superhero movie. But yeah. it's, and it's weird. It's almost like it's like, it's directed by two people. Yeah. But it literally feels like somebody directed the first half of the movie, and then... Somebody directed the second half of the movie. I can see that, yeah. And it becomes like a sci-fi original, like yep. in the second half. And it's like real. It's like the once again, I don't know if they they're gonna change out the CGI, like later on after this, because this is actually their first premiere screening. Yeah. Um, and they said that the director stated like this is the first time we've ever shown this. And it, again, uh, the with like more than five people. I say that again. The directors were there to present the the movie at the beginning, and then some of the cast. I think uh, Amanda Crew. Uh, I should mention that the the main actress, the little daughter, Chloe, who played Chloe, is Lexi Colker. She was also there, and I think was Grace Park there. Or? Which one? Uh, I, don't the, I don't she know. She was the agent. I'm not sure. But yeah, sure. those those two uh, actresses and the directors were there to kind of do a Q and A after the film. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of awesome. But overall, with this whole movie, it was I don't think it was a bad movie. I was never bored. Yeah. Uh, the pacing was good. Uh, it really comes down to the special effects. Uh, See, the special effects didn't bother me. Yeah, they did. No, but special effects did not bother me. I mean, they weren't like the best special effects, but they didn't ruin anything for me. They didn't ruin the, the story. 
basically there's special effects that take place in the daytime and it's very very like student filmish yeah actually that's a great way to say it. Um, I thought about that like at a you just jump in here I felt like you were yeah. like, ah! <laughs> I jumped from another car into this car <laughs> no um, that was a good point I felt at a certain moment I was like this feels like a student film yeah with big actors like mm-hmm. even the CGI the music the kind of corny jokes they were making yeah. where it was like ah this is like but it was weird because it was like this movie with like this little girl as the main star or whatever um sorry yeah three two one um it was like surprise like uh I was like a, it was like a surprise R-rated R-rated movie yeah with the violence it's so borderline rated R yeah I feel like yeah cause stuff would happen and I was like oh man that was violent but it wasn't Extreme. Well, actually, now I take it back. There, yeah, there were a few scenes that were pretty gory. Yeah, and then um, like lots of people will start dying at the end, and then there's like curse words thrown throughout, uh, or not like thrown throughout, but like just kind of sprinkled across. Sprinkled. Yeah, sprinkled. Yeah, it's just for me, man. Like, and they kind of end like my synopsis or my review for this movie was it started off real strong yeah. and on a really great path, and it should have stayed on that path, and they should have not even attempted to do the action sequences, the adventure sequences, and even like making it funny towards the end yeah. felt uncomfortable. And I was like, this doesn't fit. Yeah. This feels like two movies. It gets super sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, but yeah, I just, I, I don't I, maybe I ranked it the last on my list because my expectations were so high after that first 30 minutes. Yeah, my expectations were pretty high. They, they were doing a really good job, and they kind of just they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Because they're, trying actually, to do, they're trying to do something bigger budgeted yeah. under a lower budget. And we all said it was because of CGI. Yeah. You know? And you can't go cheap on the CGI. As awesome as the, uh, the little girl was, the little actress playing the girl. Yeah. I, I would actually be more interested in seeing, like, the stuff with Emil Hirsch... Stern and Amanda Croup before all the events of this movie. Yeah, they kind of took a backseat. I think, like, the mysterious elements of the movie kind of, like, played a major role in, like, the story being kind of weak sauce. Yeah, and then they kind of tell you everything. They do. Yeah, they yeah. kind of spill the beans. Like, I'd rather stuff be kind of, like, just... Vague? Yeah, vague. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna watch it again. Maybe, like, in a year. I'm not in any rush. I'm going to watch it again, and I think part of the reason we didn't like it is because, and I could be wrong, we walked in expecting it to be a horror movie. That's what I thought it was going to be. And it wasn't. It was, a, it was a superhero movie, and it was not what we expected, and yeah. I think that might have hurt the viewing. Yeah. Because the first half an hour is like, oh man, this is a horror movie. Yeah. And then... Because I think the, the TIFF website even listed as sort of like a, a horror fantasy. Yeah. And they kind of do that in the beginning where... Um, the girl opens up her closet and there's like a, a woman scream, which is Amanda Crew. She's screaming. And she thinks it's a ghost. Yeah, she calls her the ghost, you know, and it kind of just, you know. So, I, yeah, I would like to rewatch it just to kind of maybe sit there and go, okay, now that I know what it's about, maybe get a fresh viewing again. Yeah. Yeah, and I honestly, I would only check it out just to see if they, like, updated the graphics on it, because. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious about that. Yeah, it, it just, it kind of murdered the movie. Yeah, when it got there, I was just, like, kind of in my seat, like, ah, uh, shit. Yeah, it was kind of scrap, scrap, I don't curse on the show anymore. <laughs> but like, no, those are the three movies we saw, um, and those are all rankings for the same one, basically in order of what, what we saw. saw. One, yeah. two, three. Um, but overall, like the atmosphere and everything, oh, it was super cool. We love, we love Canada. We yeah. love Canada. Cinema cult loves Canada. 
and everybody was super nice. Um, yeah, the food was great. Like, just the like, city in Toronto was awesome. Like, we had no complaints. No, I honestly, it's a it's a pretty heavy mixing pot of people, and everyone seems to get along. Yeah, great food, great beer. Yeah, it's our first time at a big movie festival, so we'll, yeah, this is like the big leagues. I feel like. Yeah, so maybe we're going to do it again next year. And we're we'll, going to see a lot more movies. We'll plan better yeah. because we didn't know how the ticketing service, uh, ticketing system worked. Yeah, and what I was going to say earlier, it's like our first time at the theme park, and we didn't really know how how to ride the rides. Yeah. And what rides to ride. How to, how we, to ride the rides. We, yeah. we stood up instead of sitting down. We weren't tall enough to ride certain rides. Yeah, so. yeah that's exactly what it is. So, yeah, but if you're interested in the festival, it's... I think it's something, if you're thinking about doing it, you should do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many movies to see. There's so much nightlife. Uh, we barely touched it. Also, I mean, go the second week because I think there's more movies playing. Yes, that is one thing we did learn. Okay. We went at, we, we got there the day of, of the starting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, you we were getting a lot of movies that were just premiering, but if they were sold out, they were going to play again next week. Yeah, or, and there are definitely movies that we wanted to see, but it was like either sold out or there are uh, more showings the, the next week when we're gone, or there are showings that were just like for the press only. Like a press, they had press only screenings, yeah. not open to the general audiences. So it was really tough, like uh, finding available tickets. Yeah, but we'll oh, do it better next time. We didn't talk about okay, really quick. Uh, are you talk about poutine again? Yeah, no, yeah, that stuff was delicious. Um, one of the celebrities we got to uh, oh, almost run into was Matt. Almost like. Uh, bump chest with him. Yeah, it was Keegan Michael Key. So if they're Key and Peel. Yeah, they're to promote uh Predator. The Predator. Yeah. So basically what happened, we were at this restaurant, Matt's in the bathroom, I'm sitting at the table, and I watch Matt come out of the bathroom and he almost runs to this guy. Like he's like really close. And Matt gives this look like, oh I'm sorry, puts his head down and then looks up again real quick like oh my god <laughs> like it was that my look on his face god. was like yeah i like well, i like totally geeked out man i was like starstruck i was like oh my god there he is it's him i know i wish i would have got that on video or something but i kept being embarrassed looking looking backwards i, we I, had, to, I had to see him though now we didn't see as many celebrities though but i we did hear that like lady gaga was floating around anthony mackie from we saw uh, anthony mackie oh we did see yeah. anthony mackie yeah, we did see Anthony Mack. Uh, so, I mean, we saw a few. We didn't yeah. see a lot. But then again, we were just kind of winging it. We didn't know where to go. We um, mostly just walked around kind of aimlessly, uh, just trying to figure out where everything was. So, But um, when we go back next year, we'll be pros. We'll be pros. And maybe we'll do, um, I don't know, maybe we'll do a meet and greet. I don't know. I'm just throwing it. No? Just like, shaking your head? Like people will come to tip to see us? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll run out of theater. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's our experience with TIFF. We just kind of wanted to talk about it because uh, hopefully next year we'll have seen three times as many movies. That'd or, be great. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. As always, please rate and review uh, us on any social media platforms. Any requests, let us know. Um, thank you again for listening. As we're actually finishing this, we're back in America now. Wow. So how weird is that? Wow. But um, thank you again. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. We'll I'm see you next time. No, sorry. I didn't oh, mean to wow. you. Oh, <laughs> wow. Jerk. We didn't care at that point. <laughs> we'll see you next time.